Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites Basics, the paediatric podcast aimed at healthcare students or anyone in need of a refresher about common paediatric conditions. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. Each week, medical students will be joining paediatric doctors from Wales to discuss these common paediatric conditions and give them insights into paediatric problems that they may not have faced before. These episodes are just introductions and aren't meant to replace your regular revision. Remember, there will be some regional variations in practice and practice will change as new evidence comes to light. However, this is paediatrics made easy to help students get their head around some new concepts. This week's episode is hosted by Francis Bainan. Francis is a medical student based at Swansea University. He's going to be having a chat with me, of all people, all about innocent murmurs, how they present and how to recognise them. Anyway, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this student edition of Dragon Bites with me, Francis Bynan, a medical student at Swansea University. Today I have with me Dr. Asim Javed, a paediatric emergency medicine trainee, and he's kindly agreed to talk to us through Innocent Murmurs. Hi, are you all right? Not too bad. Um, so to start off then, could you tell us what is an Innocent Murmur? Well, I mean, the great thing about innocent murmurs is they are pretty much what they sound like. So um, it's when someone is examining the chest, they listen to the heart, they pick up a murmur, but there's all these uh, features about it that suggest that actually it's not a pathological murmur. It's not one that you need to worry about. It's one that is just there in the background. So almost all children at some stage of their life will turn out to have a murmur at some point but less than 1% of them will actually have a structural heart defect. So most murmurs that we hear are innocent murmurs. And it's just nice to know what the features are so as we know not to worry about them. So essentially what you're saying is they're relatively uncommon to be pathological then. Is that fair? Yeah, exactly. Most of the murmurs we hear aren't pathological murmurs, um, but we need to know which ones are innocent and which ones are pathological. And it's just nice to be able to pick the two apart. So when you are essentially taking a history or performing an examination on a patient, what, what features are you looking out for? So I suppose the, the key thing is, I mean, I think we've all probably heard the term, the five S's or the seven S's or the eight S's. There's all sorts from that. but uh, And it's a good way to remember things in terms of S's. So you're thinking of murmurs as being um, short, systolic, soft, symptomless, um, varying with position. So the S for that is sitting or standing um, and special tests are normal. So those are the S's you're thinking about. And and to put that into more detail from a history perspective, I suppose what you want to know from the history is that we haven't got any symptoms suggestive of something that isn't innocent. So you want to ask specifically around cardiac symptoms. So have they got any associated shortness of breath? And to put that in context, you need to think with a child, you know, do they get breathless when they're exercising? Uh, do babies run into difficulty feeding where they have to stop very early in a feed? That sort of thing. You want to know whether they have any chest pain, whether they have any palpitations, whether they've developed syncope. Um, and particularly if any of those symptoms are related to exercise, you're a bit more worried. 
So those are the key things you want to pick up in the acute history. And then you need to have a little think about the family history as well. So when it comes to less innocent murmurs, so pathological ones, you know, um, any any child that's got a first degree relative with a congenital cardiac condition is far more likely to have a congenital cardiac condition themselves. So you'll want to ask about that. Um, and then the other thing that you want to ask about, and it's a tough question to ask, is whether there's any history of sudden unexplained uh, deaths in childhood. So, you, you know, you have to ask the family, you know, in your family, has anyone in their childhood or early adolescence passed away for a completely unexplained reason? And you're thinking of things like hypertrophic um, obstructive cardiomyopathy, which can cause sudden death if it's not been picked up early in life. And these are the things that you that you want to tease out of the history to make sure that the history you're getting is one that is innocent sounding. Did that answer your question? No, that's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, pretty pretty detailed answer there. So uh, in terms of the murmur itself, then, if you're, if you're listening or auscultating for it, is there a particular character or location that's more common for these? So um, that's a really good question, actually. So innocent murmurs are actually quite variable as to where you're going to hear them. But typical characteristics is they, they tend to be quite short. Um, so they're not very long lasting murmurs. They're not going to last an entire part of systole. They are, of course, systolic in nature as well. For the most part, there are a few exceptions to that. Um, they're quite soft sounding on, on your list of, of loudness of sounds. These are normally a one to three out of um, six murmur but other than that they can be placed anywhere on the chest and I think when it comes to innocent murmurs you also need to think about examining the rest of the child from a cardiovascular perspective so you want to have a look at their color you want to have a feel of their pulses are they good volume is there any delay in the pul pulses you want to palpate that chest for heaves and thrills um, and then you also want to think about um, checking the abdomen to see if there's any um, organomegaly looking at heart failure. So these are all things to, that would make you, if there are problems in those extra murmur areas, then um, you're thinking, oh, maybe there's something more going on here than just an innocent murmur. And I suppose the only other characteristic that I haven't mentioned about a murmur is that it can vary depending on the position of the child. And, um, you know, some murmurs, when you sit the child forward, the, it'll disappear. Or if you stand them up, it'll disappear. If you lie them down, it sounds a lot louder. And that's all uh, comes, it comes in. It's all in keeping with the fact that these murmurs are often related to flow in, in, uh, in the vessels. And so depending on how you change the intra- um, thoracic pressures you get these changes in flow and that's why you get these changes in sound that's perfect so i guess you're alluding to the fact that it's still important to consider the overall picture then of of the patient in front of you exactly exactly remember we're, we're, when we're picking up innocent murmurs it's not just picking up the innocent murmur it's also ruling out the not so innocent murmur okay are there that you are aware of are there common causes for these innocent murmurs? Yeah, I mean, pretty much the vast majority of them are down to um, are down to pro um, abnormalities in the, not even abnormalities, just flow patterns in the various vessels that causes sounds to occur. 
Um, and it's it's that that leads them to be so variable depending on the child's position. There's not actually a structural abnormality of any type within the heart itself or within the within the large vessels around the heart. So it's not, there's not a pathological cause for them. That's part of the the innocence of them. It's just for the most part sounds from flows. Okay, and are there any risk factors? Not in particular, no, not really, or at least none that I'm aware of. They're just things that happen. Okay, fab. Yeah. <laughs> so regarding then, uh, you've picked up what you believe is an innocent murmur um, after sort of assessing and clerking your patients. Um, what would be the investigations you'd like to order to confirm your diagnosis? I think this this I think probably varies a lot depending on clinician's experience. So uh, a really experienced pediatric cardiologist or um, a, a cardiology reg would probably be able to go, okay, actually I've got all the symptoms. I've got a, the sound of an innocent murmur. I'm probably pretty happy with this right now. I don't think I really need to investigate any further. I probably don't have that degree of confidence. So I'll, I'll at least order an ECG for them and just make sure that there aren't any abnormal abnormal findings on an ECG. And I do, it's a non-invasive test. It's easy to do. And it gives you a pretty fast answer. Some people consider doing x-rays as well. I'm not as convinced that those are necessary, particularly in the pediatric population, unless, you, unless you've got other signs that you're thinking, oh, I really need to investigate to make sure there are other things not apparent on an x-ray. Um, but I think if you've got an ECG and um, clinical findings in keeping with an innocent murmur, I don't necessarily think that an x-ray is as warranted. Fab. Um, are there any other differential diagnosis that that might occur uh, when you're assessing these patients yeah so that's yeah again a really good question and i suppose the differential diagnoses we're thinking of here are the causes of non-innocent murmurs so for the most part you're thinking about those congenital cardiac conditions that we probably don't have time to talk about here but you know things like um, atrial septal defects um, uh, ventricular septal defects uh, coarctations of the aorta, all sorts of congenital cardiac problems. Um, and then you can get murmurs associated with infections in and around the heart as well. So there's probably a whole slew of other differential diagnoses, but hopefully you'll be able to rule those in and out with the history and your examination findings. Excellent. So once you've fairly confident you've picked up and diagnosed your insert murmur, how's best to manage these patients? reassurance and advice basically that's what it comes down to so these are patients that don't need to be referred to or seen by a pediatric cardiologist i think they have enough on their plates without getting every innocent murmur under the sun referred to them as well um you just need to let the parents know that the you know murmur is innocent that it might well stick with them to adulthood, not not all children will outgrow these murmurs. Some will, some won't, and it might change in the way that it sounds over time. Um, but the murmur on its own isn't anything that that needs following up. Fantastic. Okay, so I think we're pretty much coming to the end. So if if you are able to summarize or describe innocent murmurs in one or two sentences, what would be the key points for our listeners to pick up? Sure. Uh, so I would say most murmurs are innocent and all we're trying to do is pick up the ones that aren't innocent. And what will help you do that is just by remembering all your S's 
Um, so to briefly go over them, soft, systolic, symptomless, short, special tests are normal, and changes with sitting and standing. Oh, thank you. And then finally, if do you have any uh, suggestions of where our listeners could go and learn a little bit more about innocent murmurs? Yeah, I mean, so there's, I won't name specific textbooks, but I'm sure most pediatric text, pediatric textbooks would cover innocent murmurs. But there's some really good open access articles that you can get a hold of via PubMed. So there's one on the innocent heart murmur by Arpan Ardoshi that was, um, oh, when was this written? That was written in 2018. We'll put the link up to that on the website. Um, and another one on innocent murmurs by... Thomas Bianchaniello um, that was written in 2005 and we'll put a link up to that as well both are open access so you should be able to read them at home that's wonderful well thank you ever so much Asim for talking to me today oh, no, thank you for for, for chatting to me <laughs> and to, to everybody else tune in next week for more cardiology And I just want to say thank you to Francis for recording that for us. Join us again next week for another episode of Dragon Bites Basics.